Take your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians. You knew that. Chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. All righty. Um, Easter coming up. We're going to celebrate Sunday. We have a grand celebration. The only reason I got any reason to smile at all is because Jesus resurrected from the grave. And we're going to celebrate that this Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Going to have a great time. Our kids are going to be in. We have tremendous program uh, Sunday. Our kids are going to be in it. Do me a favor. As soon as the service is over, we need to clear out because I got to get the kids in here. They got to practice because I don't want them up till midnight tonight. But our guys are going to be in the lobby praying for people. You know, folks that pray here normally, they'll be out there praying. They'll have their little uh, badges on. So if you need prayer, they'll be out there. But let's clear out and let the kids get ready in here. All righty. Hey, you want to hear an Easter joke? You sure? There's this man. He was a lot like me. He didn't want to travel. He just liked staying around the house. But his wife wanted to travel, wanted to go on trips, see the world and all that. He just wouldn't go. And finally, she just wore him down. And she said, well, he said, fine, fine, fine. We'll go somewhere. Where are you going to go? She said, I always want to go to the Holy Land. So she's going <laughs> to take him to the Holy Land. He said, all right, we'll go. She said, I'm going to take my mother with me, with us. He said, I, I don't know about that. She wore him down on that too. So he took his mom and his mother-in-law to the Holy Land. And they, you know, did all them tours and all that stuff around there. All right. Um, got over there and they're touring a few days and, and his mother-in-law got sick. She died in the Holy Land. And yeah, that's terrible. Well, you know, the local undertaker took care of the thing. Came to him and said, here's what you can do. You can fly her back to the United States. We, we air fly her back and bury her over there. Cost you $10,000. Or because she's Jewish, you can bury her here in the Jewish cemetery for 150. He thought about it. He said, uh, I'm going to fly her back to the United States. He said, why, why would you... Uh, why would you spend $10,000 do that when you can do it right here for 150 He said, well, I was on this tour the other day and they told me about this man who used to live here 2,000 years ago and he died. Y'all buried him. He came out of the grave three days later. I ain't taking no chances. So I ain't risking it. That's terrible, wasn't it? That, that's, that's bad. I, I ain't going to hold it. All righty. I want to talk to you about the, my favorite thing in the world to do tonight. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Remember, Philippians is the book of joy. If you want to find joy, learn what he's saying in here. I want to talk about enjoying the Holy Spirit tonight. If this is the book of joy, the root of the word enjoy is joy. We're going to talk about enjoying the Holy Spirit tonight. We're going to look at one verse, and I want you to look at something that's maybe new to you. I have got to teach all this. You need, we need this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 says this. Therefore, if there is any in consolation, now the word consolation means encouragement. It's the Greek word parakleton, encouragement. If there's any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any, watch these words, fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, and then he says, fulfill my joy. What was he talking about here when he said there is something called fellowship of the Spirit or fellowship? Now, this is not the fellowship me and you have. This is fellowship actually with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about something called fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And he said, listen, if there's any fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and the reason this man was in prison, everything he'd ever done was being torn apart. He'd been sentenced to death. He knew he was going to die for preaching Jesus. Why is he so full of joy? It's got something to do with this thing about fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about, listen, this is for you. And this is for us. You ever, you ever, uh, you ever heard of the word fellowship? Every Baptist church I was ever in had a fellowship hall. I'm not sure what it was for. It looked more like a dining hall to me, but they had a fellowship hall. Well, fellowship is the, it's the Greek word koinonia. Here, here's the definition of fellowship. 
two or more spend time together to enjoy one another. That's fellowship. When two or more spend time together to enjoy one another, that's the Greek, that's the word fellowship. Uh, and usually a lot of times in the Bible, it's associated with the word to dine together. All right, when my family comes to home, all of them are home at one time, we all sit down to eat. It's not for the food. They got food at their house. We, we have fellowship around the table. We just sit there and just enjoy being together with each other. You understand what I'm saying here? Fellowship. My wife and I go on date nights. We, we can eat cheaper at the house. We don't, we don't go to eat. We, we, have, we go to have fellowship, me and her. We enjoy each other. Uh, I got a little girl that, that was a little girl in this church. She's grown up. She's a very successful businesswoman now. And she'll call me once or twice a year and say, I'm going to be home. How about coffee? And I'll meet her for coffee at a coffee shop. We'll sit there for an hour, an hour and a half. And we'll, she'll just tell me what's going on in her life. And I'll, I'll encourage her to love Jesus. We'll talk. We have fellowship. We just enjoy each other. You understand what fellowship is? It's when one or two people or maybe more just come together for one reason. That it's not to work. I don't need nothing from you. It's to enjoy each other. That's called fellowship. What the Bible said in Philippians 2.1. Can you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? If there's any fellowship with the Spirit. And... Uh, <clears throat> Now, let me teach you something. You ever heard of the Holy Spirit? All right, we need to. What's the only thing you can have fellowship with? You can't have fellowship with a truck, much as some of you boys would like to. You can only have fellowship with a person. You can't have fellowship with a building. You can't have fellowship with a dollar bill or a truck. You can have fellowship with a person. Well, if I'm going to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then he must be a person. Um, did you know that he was a person? Turn with me to John chapter 14. I want you to see something. John chapter 14. Look with me in verse 25. John chapter 14, verse 25. I want you to see what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, these things I've spoken to you while I was present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he, he will teach you all things and bring to your mind what I've said to you. What did the Bible call the Holy Spirit in that verse? Called him a helper, but it called him a he. There was a he is not an it. A he is not a force. It's not a cloud. It's not a power. A he is a person. Well, Jesus is talking about another person besides him. He said, now I've been helping you. I've been talking to you, but I'm fixing to leave. But there's another guy going to come and he's going to do for you what I've been doing for you. And he's called the Holy Spirit. And when he, that must be a person who's come. Now, you know why the Holy Spirit's a person? Because he has a personality. What's required to be a person? You have to have a personality. All right, let me tell you some things you have to have if you've got a personality in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you several things the Bible says about him. He is able to experience joy and pleasure. That makes him a person. Uh, Jeremiah 9, 24. In these things I delight, the Holy Spirit says. You, you got anything you enjoy? Anything you really enjoy? Certain music, certain things you do? I got things I really enjoy. Well, the Holy Spirit has things he really enjoys. That makes him a person. All right, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says... Uh, that the Holy Bible says the Holy Spirit is jealous. He can be jealous. We're going to look at it, James 4, 5, a little later. But it's a good jealousy. It's a godly jealousy. Do you not know that the Spirit that's in you is jealous? So he can experience jealousy. Now, I'm, I'm jealous over my wife, not in a stupid way, but uh, I, I, I want her to stick with me. I don't even want her four and five nights a week. I want her every night a week. That's, that's a godly jealousy. I'm not crazy or, or mean. I just... Somebody should write a song. He is jealous for me. All right. Did you know the Holy Spirit can experience emotional pain? You and I experience emotional pain. Do you know the Bible says he can experience emotional pain? Listen to this. Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. 
Well, grieve means to bring emotional pain to him. Have you ever, I was, I was watching a guy, the other, somebody says, the guy just went, and I saw that it bothered him. Well, the Holy Spirit can be bothered by things that are said. That's why he said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Let all bitterness, anger, wrath, evil speaking, and hatred be put away from you. Don't, don't, you, you offend, you, you don't offend him. You, you grieve him. You bring pain to his heart when you do certain things. All right. The Bible says that he can talk. Turn with, we're right there. Turn to John chapter 16. Well, you maybe don't even have to turn. John chapter 16, verse 12. Does anybody here believe God still speaks today? All right. John 16, 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you're not ready for them. You can't bear them yet. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. How can you read that verse and not think that the Holy Spirit won't speak to you? He can talk. I mean, he speaks. We're going to look in a minute at a verse that says, if any man has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to his people, the church today. All right. The Holy Spirit has great wisdom and knowledge. He's, let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He's really smart. Does that sound strange to you? He's really smart. What do he tell you in verse 13 of chapter 16? He will lead you into all truth. How can you lead somebody into all truth if you don't know it? I mean, he, you'd be surprised what he knows. He's really smart and he'll share it with you. All right, let me tell you one of the great things about the Holy Spirit. He has power. The Bible talks about the power of the Holy Spirit. He has power to do things in you and through you. Do you know what? Do you think Jesus did great things on the earth? Yeah or nay? I need more votes than that. Do you think Jesus did great things on the earth? Why did he do them? Why did he do them? So he was God. That's not the answer. That's not the right answer. Luke chapter four, verse 18. The Bible said Jesus was baptized. He came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. And then he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has empowered me to bring good news. Good news to those who need it. To set captives free. To heal broken hearts. To liberate oppressed to give understanding to folks that are clueless, give sight to the blind and to bless people with the goodness of God. Why was Jesus able to do all that he did? Holy Spirit came down on him. Jesus said he, could, he couldn't do a thing for 30 years. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him and it empowered him to do all these things. Um, one of the great things people want to be is free. People want to be free from their hangups, their addictions, their past wounds. Who's the only person who can set a person free? 2 Corinthians 3, 17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He sets people free. Uh, he, he's, got, he's just very powerful to do things. It, it's sort of quiet, but it's powerful. Uh, matter of fact, um, let me tell you what the Holy Spirit could do for you. I'm gonna quote to you a prayer that was prayed. Now, do you remember the, I don't know if you remember the sequence or not. Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. Acts chapter two, you, you remember that? All right, a few days down the road, Acts chapter four, they met and had a prayer meeting and they prayed. Let me tell you what they prayed for. Grant that your servants might speak your word with all boldness. We want, to be, we want to be bold. We want to be confident. We want to take this message to the world. And uh, all right, verse 31 says this. And when they prayed that prayer, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought they were filled in Acts chapter two. It didn't last but a few days, did it? Acts chapter four, verse 31. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The Holy Spirit will make you bold. Matter of fact, I, James Robinson told me, he said, the number one sign of the Holy Spirit in a person's life is confident boldness. And I, I've seen people that were just scared of their own shadow. 
timid, wouldn't dare speak up. And the sweetheart, and they didn't listen. They didn't become stupid rednecks. You understand what I'm saying here? They didn't become arrogant and loud, but there was just a confidence came up in them. Holy Spirit, that, that's something he can do. He's a person. He can do that. He brings boldness into people's lives. Um, what you're trying to do so much, if you really want to do right, he could do it for you. Let me quote to you Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit, the activity of the Spirit in a person's life is the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the patience of God, the kindness of God coming through your life. It's, it's not the fruit of you trying harder. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit comes in and does that. You'd be surprised what this guy could do. A lot of people struggle with things they know that are not right in their lives and they keep struggling. Let me tell you who you, you, know who you need to get to know. Romans 8, 2, the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus has set me free from the power of sin in my life. Why would you struggle when he can do that for you? He, they're just, he can just do it. Chains fall off. We, you know, we talk about that. So that, let me tell you something. That makes him a person. He's not a force. He's not, a, he's not weird. He, he's just a person. And he's very powerful at what he can do. All right? let, me, let me help you though, as far as fellowship, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. I, and I'm sure that's not, I knew you didn't, wouldn't be surprised at that. He's a spirit. Do y'all know what a spirit is? You know what the proper definition of a spirit is? We've got evil spirits, holy spirits. John 4, 24, God is spirit, is a spirit. Those who worship God have to do it in spirit and truth because he's a spirit. You know what a spirit is? Here's the proper definition of a spirit. It's a person without a body. That's all a spirit is. It's a person without a body. Now you have a spirit. Matter of fact, you are a spirit, but you're housed in a body right now. Well, the Holy Spirit is a person who's not in a human body right now. He moved, that's why he can be everywhere and he can move everywhere. He's just a person that doesn't have a body, but he's still real. All right. Now, um, that because he's a spirit, you have to learn to communicate with him on a spirit level. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? If I move to Honduras, I don't care how loud I say it. They're not stupid. They're Honduran. I've got to learn to speak their language. You understand? If I'm going to communicate, if I'm going to fellowship, we're going to eat dinner with him. I got to learn to speak Spanish. I, I can't holler English. I can't pronounce it more clearly. They ain't going to get it. They only speak Spanish there. But well, you can holler all you want to. The Holy Spirit speaks spirit. You got to learn how to communicate him on the spot. Now, me and you, we communicate physically. Right? Me and you sit down, we eat. And uh, you, you open your heart to me. But how's you, how do I hear your heart? Through human lips, a human voice box. And you say, I, I really want to be a better husband and father. You just shared with me your heart, but how'd you do it? It came through human lips, a voice box. How'd I hear it? I heard your heart. I heard you with my heart, but I heard it through a human ear. Got it? And then I answer you back out of my heart. Yada, yada. Well, dear ones, with the Holy Spirit, you can't talk with a physical voice to a physical ear. You have to have spiritual ears to hear his spirit voice. That's why the Bible said in Revelation 3.20, if any man has an ear, well, we got physical ears, you need a spirit ear. And you have to hear him in the spirit because he speaks in the spirit. He doesn't speak vocally. We know with voice waves like we do out here. This is, you can do it though. All righty. Now, um, let me quote that again. Revelation 3.22. Matter of fact, this is seven times in the book of Revelation. If any man has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying, is saying, present tense, to the church. Now listen to what I'm fixing to say. A lot of confusion and argument over this. The Bible is what God said to the church. The Bible is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit can breathe on it and make it alive today. 
You know, I can read in Leviticus and it bores me to tears. I don't get nothing out of it. But this morning I read one verse and that thing hit me in the heart. It exploded. It came alive. It blessed me. He took what was written years ago and he spoke it to me today. Uh, he brings the, he causes the word to come alive. All right. The, the Bible's what God said yesterday, but listen, the spirit of God's speaking today. I'm going to quote it again. Revelation 3, 22. It's in, it's in Revelation chapters two and three, seven times. If any man has an ear, listen to what the spirit is saying to the church. Then was the Holy Spirit speaking today. He's talking today, I, but I've got to hear him. I want to hear what he's got to say. Listen to John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. How can you follow Jesus if you can't hear his voice? But this is not deep. It's just wonderful. So uh, I got to learn to hear. Now, let me tell you something. Is anybody here saved? All right, we've got four that are saved. That's good. I need to change messages. Then listen to me. If you're born again, you have spirit ears. If you're born of the spirit, you've got spiritual ears. If the spirit's in you, you have the, you have the ability to hear the Holy Spirit and you have the ability to fellowship with the Holy Spirit if you're born again. Now, you may not know how to, but you have the ability. Uh, the great classic picture of this in the Bible is in the book of 1 Samuel. We won't look at it, but there was a little fellow named Samuel. That's why the book's called 1 Samuel. And uh, he was just a little fellow, little boy, uh, older boy, maybe 12, 13 years old. And his mother took him to the church to be the assistant to the preacher. She gave him back to God because she begged God for a child. And she promised God, you give me a boy, a child, I'll give him back to you. So she gave him to the priest. His name was Eli and said, he'll be your servant here in the church. He'll just take care of you. Eli was an old man. So this fellow was going to look after him. All right. In the night, God spoke to that little fellow. Remember this? God called him and he said, Samuel. Well, Samuel jumped up out of the bed and ran in the preacher's bedroom and said, you, you, what do you want? Eli said, I, I didn't call you. He said, yes, you did. He said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. So Samuel's going back to his bed. You know what he's thinking, don't you? Old people. <laughs> Old people. All right. He lays down and he, he thinks, man, he's done woke me up now. And he's laying all of a sudden he hears Samuel. Gets back up, runs back in an old man's bedroom, says, uh, yes, sir, what, what can I help you with? Eli, he said, I, I didn't call you, son. Why do you keep coming here waking me up? He said, go back and lay down. Now what's he thinking when he goes back to his bed? Old people. He lays down. Remember this? Third time, all of a sudden, Samuel. Throws him covers off. He goes in Eli's bedroom. He said, can I help you, old man? <laughs> Listen to what the Bible said. And Eli perceived that God was speaking to him. Yeah, listen to this. That boy was hearing God the whole time. He just didn't know it. He didn't recognize the voice of God. And that old man had to teach, that old preacher, old preacher had to teach him. You're hearing the voice of God. You just don't recognize it. Dear ones, if you're born again, you've got ears to hear. You can hear him. And he said, do the, he said, he taught him how to listen to the voice of God. He said, no, go back, lay down. If he, if you, if that happens again, you talk back to him and say, talk to me, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And he went back and laid down. Sure enough, called him again. He said, speak, Lord, thy servant listens. And that little fella who didn't know how to recognize the voice of God, didn't think he could, learn to hear the voice of God so well that he became the voice of God to that nation. And they got to where they could really learn to talk to each other. Are you with me? You had to learn to talk physical at one time. It's a learned process to learn to hear the voice of God. Learning how to fellowship is a learned process. And uh, <clears throat> so I need to learn. But we need to learn to do that. All right, here's the great, here, I'm going to answer two great questions 
that people struggle with today, depending on what your church background is. Mr. I'm gonna call him Mr. Holy Spirit. Is Mr. Holy Spirit weird? And if I start fellowshipping with him, will I become weird? Will he make me weird? Go ahead and admit it. That's what everybody wants to know. And you know where we get this from? You know where this comes from? Aunt Goosey. That comes from your Aunt Goosey who goes to Pentecostal church. And she claims to be healed with the Holy Ghost. And you're going, you're scared the crap out of you. Or you went to a Pentecostal meeting. I tell you about one of my best buddies. Uh, he named his son after me. We, he, was just, he was as country as a turnip green. His name was Brian Tin. He, he, I just loved him. And he, he just loved God, good guy, but his wife got in these weird meetings. And they, he said, she drugged me to one the other night. And they got up there and these guys were screaming. And they grabbed me. And one had me by each arm and said, you, we're going to pray for you or you speak in tongues. And he said, they're screaming and hollering. He said, I'm scared spitless. And said, finally, I remembered. I remember when you had Andy Bryan came and he taught us that song when he'd been to India. He taught us that song in Indian, the Indian language. And he said, I began to sing that song. They hollered, he's got it. And they turned me loose and I got the heck out of Dodge and I ran out of there. I just, I humbly suggest there's a lot of false advertising going on in the name of the precious Holy Spirit. I just say that. All right, but we're going to answer that question. Is he weird and will he make you weird? Well, where would I look if I wanted to find the answer to that? Would I go down to the Pentecostal church? I'm not knocking Pentecostal. My, my best friend is a pastor at Pentecostal church. Let's start looking here for everything. Are we in agreement? All right. If you start fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, turn back to Philippians chapter two. If you learn how to fellowship with him, I'm going to give you the list of what will happen to you. I want you to know before you get into it. That seems only fair. Amen. He didn't tell me what happened when you start pastoring. He just called me and I got excited. It seemed like he'd have told me. All right, Philippians chapter two, let's read it again. If there's any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, you start fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and you will be encouraged by Christ. You will be comforted by God's love. You will have the affection of Christ in your heart and you will feel the mercy of God. Right there it is. If there's any encouragement, any comfort, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You got it? That's what'll happen to you. You will be encouraged. You'll be comforted. You will feel the affection of Christ. Listen to what, uh, you could look across the page. My brother Paul said this, God is my witness how much I love you with the affection of Jesus Christ. That's what he said to the people who went to church with. He said, I, I love you with a human love, but the Holy Spirit's put a deeper love than that inside of me for you. It's a real affection for you. And it's the affection of Christ. It's not human love. So that's what'll happen to you. Turn with me to Romans chapter 15. Let me show you something else that happened to you. You know, trying to decide whether you want to do this or not. Romans chapter 15. This is the verse he spoke to me again. This, this, this is a great verse right here. All right, Romans 15, 13. I want you to look at this carefully. Romans 15, 13 says this now. Let's just stop right there. What's the word now mean? Does it mean 2,000 years ago? You'd be surprised how many times the Bible says now. Now, may the God of what? What's the word? Tell me what God does to people. It causes their hearts to come alive again, brings hope to them. May the God of hope fill you with all. Back up, back up. May the God of hope fill who? Super saints that are deep and spiritual. What's the word you mean? Take a wild guess. There's you means you. 
fill you with all, guess what the word all means? Joy. Does anybody here like to have some joy? How about all joy? As I'm trying to get happy. No, no, no. Go back and read it again. God does it. May God fill you with all joy. What's the second thing he fills you with? What's the word? Peace. You know what peace is? It's when you have no fear and you have no worry. How'd you like to live a life where you have joy, no fear, and no worry? And you will abound. Let's read it a little further. That you might abound in hope. You, you, might just, you live your life knowing great things are fixing to happen to me. All right, where's all this come from? By the power of the Holy Spirit. If you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you learn how to do this, you start doing this. Tell me the three things in that verse that'll happen to you. You'll become joyful, you'll become peaceful, and you'll be filled with hope. You won't become weird. Can I ask you a personal question? Was Jesus weird? Jesus was wonderful. There was the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will make you like Jesus, not like Aunt Goosey. He'll make you like Jesus. You, You won't have to put your hair in a bun. You won't have to wear black dresses and orthopedic hose and all that stuff. It'll just make you like Jesus. You ever wish you could love people more? Turn a few pages to the left, Romans chapter five. Romans five, verse five, let's read it. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by who? The Holy Spirit. You learn to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you're gonna find yourself so caring for people like you never have before. You'll see love just grow in your heart for people. The fruit of the Spirit is not insanity, it's love. And if you, you say, I'm trying to love people, quit trying. Start fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. The love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The very love that is God's love will be put right here. And you'll find your heart getting softer and softer as you fellowship with Him over and over. Let me, let me make this so simple. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. You can't hang around somebody and not be like them. Y'all understand that? If you hang around real close with a strong personality, you'll start, they'll rub off on you. You understand that? My wife went on a trip one time because I don't take trips out of the country. And I told her, don't come back talking like them. When you come back, you talk normal like me. Well, she wasn't gone for two weeks and sure enough, it didn't rub. But you know, you, you hang around with somebody it'll start rubbing off on you. Listen to me. You hang around the Holy Spirit, he'll rub off on you. I, that's what 2 Corinthians 3.18 says. All right. Um, let me show you something. You need to see this. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Let me show you what else will happen to you if you start hanging around with him. All right. I told you that the Holy Spirit is really smart and he really knows a lot of stuff. He'd be glad to tell you everything he knows. He'll help you know, he'll help you know about marriage and about handling people and how to make decisions if you'll hang around him. Watch. I want you to watch. I want everybody in our church, I want my leadership to learn something here. I want you to watch how leaders worked in this church, in the biblical church. This is Acts chapter 13, verse 1. The, you know, staff, elders, everybody, let's watch this. In the church that was Antioch, there were certain prophets. All right, they had five elders. Had five elders in this church. Watch this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Paul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 4. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they did what he said to do. And you can read the rest of the chapter. Tremendous things happened. How'd they live their lives? They got together. They didn't get together and brainstorm. You know what they, what did the Bible say they did when they got together? They ministered to the Lord. You know what that means? 
they got quiet and they sat there and they worshiped him and they thanked him and they praised him and they waited in his presence and they enjoyed God. When did the Holy Spirit speak? When, as they ministered to the Lord. When you create the environment that he'll speak in, he will speak. He doesn't speak in strife. He doesn't speak when people are using their heads trying to figure things out. You, if you try to figure things out, you're going to be so far from God, you're going to be clueless. When we minister to the Lord, that's when he starts talking. They ministered to the Lord. Uh, this is a model for leadership right here. But let me, let me point something out. Did you notice that when he spoke to them, they knew exactly what to do. And when they did it, it worked out great. Listen to me. Learn to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you exactly what to do to raise your children. And it'll work. He'll tell you exactly what to do to have a better marriage. It'll work. He'll tell you how to make money. Do you not know it is the Lord that gives you the ability to make money? He'll, he'll tell you how to deal with people. He's smart. I don't know how to say he's just smart. And if you learn to fellowship with him, he'll talk to you. And he'll just tell you things. Not th- Here's the thing I've learned about him. If I'll go and I'll say, please tell me this. It don't work that way usually. Usually I'll ask that, but I'll trust him. I'll go on about my business and it'll be a few hours later, a few days later, and all of a sudden he'll say, by the way, you asked about this. Here's the answer. I can't explain that, but that's just the way he is. All right. Um, let me show you one more. Second Timothy chapter one. Uh, if you start fellowship with the Holy Spirit, expect this to happen to you. Second Timothy chapter one. You may have seen this before. All right. Look at this about the Holy Spirit. Let's read verse six. We're going to throw in verse six with verse seven. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Now, what, what's he talking about stirring up? What's the gift that's in you? Is he talking about the Holy Spirit? Is that the gift he's talking about? Is it? All right, let me quote to you. We won't look at it. But if you want to go look at it sometime, Acts chapter two, when the men, when Peter preached the sermon at Pentecost and the men were broken and they said, what shall we do? And he said, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, if you'll repent and turn toward God, you'll be forgiven, you'll be saved and God's going to give you a gift. And that gift's called the Holy Spirit. There was everybody that's saved has the Holy Spirit in them. Every single person. But now why does it say in verse six, stir him up? Does it mean like with a wooden spoon? You got to, you got to ring him up. Are you with me? You got to call him up. You, you got to do something. Here's the reason. Verse seven. Watch what'll happen to you. Because God did not give us a spirit of fear. Now I heard a big time preacher preaching and he said the Greek word is phobia. That is not the word phobia right there. The word phobia is the word used most of the time in the Bible when you see the word fear and we, we get our word, you know, hydrophobia, claustrophobia. Phobia means fear. Uh, claustrophobia, you're, you're afraid of tight spaces. Hydrophobia, you're afraid of water. But that's not the word phobia here. It's a different word. It's the word intimidation. It's the word cowardice. God did not give us a spirit of intimidation and cowardice. So if you're scared and you're nervous and you're intimidated by what's going on, that's not God. That's the spirit. Watch what he said. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, the word confidence and love and of a sound mind. You fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Are you going to be afraid and cowardice and nervous? No, you're going to be confident and you're going to care about people and you're going to have a sound mind. You're going to think clearly. So if you hang around with the Holy Spirit and you fellowship with him, these are the things you, listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't make people weird. He makes them wonderful. He makes them like Jesus. 
Let me quote to you. I quoted, I mentioned 2 Corinthians 3, 18 earlier. Let me just quote it to you. But we all beholding in a mirror, like in a glass, a frosted glass, the beauty of Jesus Christ are being changed into what we see in Jesus by the Holy Spirit. His goal is to make you just like Jesus and then turn you loose in the earth. And he's the only one that can do it. All right. But I'll tell you what to do. Turn one page back. Turn one page back. First Timothy 4, 14. All right. How many of you are saved? Let me ask you again. How many of you are saved? Anybody here saved? All right. Got, oh, I had about eight that time. I'm some evangelist. We've doubled our saved. We've doubled our membership here. All right. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit's in you. Are you in agreement with me? Do I need to take time to go through this again? We've got to settle this. Holy Spirit's inside of you. All right, let me ask you a question. What if you neglect him? Read with me. 1 Timothy 4, 14. Look what he said. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Did you know the Holy Spirit can be inside of you and you neglect him and he can't help you? You ever heard of a man that got married and after a while he got so busy or hobbies or got caught up and he didn't pay attention to his wife? You know what he was doing? He was neglecting his wife. He said, don't neglect the Holy Spirit's inside of you. You know why I said to this young man, this young man, Timothy was a young guy. He was mild-mannered. He was sort of timid. And he had been given the unenjoyable task of pastoring the church at Ephesus. 27 churches in the New Testament, three what we'd call huge mega churches. Ephesus is one of them. And his father in the faith, Paul, sent him there and they like to kill him. The old ladies were fussing at him. He got ulcers from trying to pastor this church. That's why I said, take a little wine for your stomach's problems. And you know what Paul's answer was? Timothy wrote a letter and said, I'm out of here. Transfer me to a country church. He said, no. He said, he said I'll tell you what the problem is. You're neglecting the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to move you. You stir up the gift. Of, he said, God's given you a gift that can handle your assignment. You need to get with the Holy Spirit. You don't need to move. You need power. You need power. And you need help where you're at. And that's why I said to him, stir this thing up. All right, let me mention something to you about the precious Holy Spirit. He wants to fellowship with you. He does. He wants to spend time with you. I want you to look with me. Turn to Revelation chapter three. I want to show you that he wants to spend time with you. That man loves you. He likes you. He wishes you'd pay him some attention. I'm going to show it to you in Revelation chapter three. All right. I want you to just look with me, Revelation 3. Look at verse 20 and tell me something about verse 20. If you have a red letter edition, are those words in red or black? Right, so you know what a red letter edition means, don't you? Some of you don't have it. But if you got words in your Bible that are red, that means these are the actual words of either Jesus, the Holy Spirit, or the Father. If it's all black, then you don't have a red letter edition. Let me ask you a question. Revelation 3.20, is it red or black? Those of you that got the edition. It's red. So that tells me these are exact words of Jesus. Watch what he said. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and do what? Does your Bible say dine? All right, some Bibles say sup. Some Bibles say fellowship. All right, who's talking here? Now, have you ever heard this? A lot of evangelists, they'll try to get people to get saved and say, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Well, that's true. That's not what this passage is talking about. If you look up a few verses above it, he says to the church. Jesus is talking to saved people. The Holy Spirit's talking here. But now who's talking here? Is it Jesus or the Holy Spirit? Well, read verse 22. If you've got an ear, listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. Listen to what the Spirit's saying to the church. What's the Holy Spirit saying to the church right now? I would like to come in and eat dinner with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to spend time with you. Have you ever said to anybody, hey, let's go eat lunch together? Have you ever done that? Y'all ever take nobody out to eat? 
right, I, let me ask you a question. Did you do it because they looked pathetic and they were starving? It wasn't about the food. You wanted to spend time with them, didn't you? That's what the Holy Spirit's saying right here. Revelation 3.20. Open the door. I want to come into your life and I want to fellowship with you. What does fellowship mean? I want us to enjoy each other. I want you to enjoy me and I want to enjoy being with you. So I, brother, I just can't imagine God enjoying being with me. You need to start. You need to start. What's Luke chapter 15 all about? The parable of the prodigal son. My son has come home. I'm so happy. Killed the fatted calf. Let us eat together and be glad. And his Baptist brother was out in the field mad, fussing about how, what a great sinner he was. And the father came out and pleaded with him to do what? He was already keeping all the rules. Would you come in here and eat with me? Listen to me. My God is a relational God. He didn't create me to work for him. He don't need me. He's got an angel could do in five minutes what I couldn't do in five lifetimes. He created me to enjoy me. I didn't have my children work for me. If I did, I got ripped off. I had my kids to have a family and enjoy them. And my joy is not when I make my kids clean up their room. My joy is when we're sitting around the table eating and enjoying each other. That's why I had my kids. God didn't create you to work with him. God created you to enjoy you. So the Holy Spirit said, I would like to come in and eat with you. I'd like to fellowship with you. This is sort of new to some folks. Oh, let me show you the verse that I told you. It's so puzzling to some people. Turn back into the book of James. I want you to believe this about the Holy Spirit. All right. Uh, I want you to look with me in James chapter four. This is sort of a weird verse. If you've got an old King James Bible, it's going to really sound weird to you. Not the best translation there. But in James chapter four, verse five, look at this with me. James four, five. Do you think the Bible says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us, time out, is the Holy Spirit in you? What does it say right there? The spirit, spirit who dwells in us, look at these words right here, yearns jealously. You know what the word yearns means? I would really love to spend time with you. You know, if my wife don't ever pay me no attention and every time, and she just keeps going somewhere and she's works and then she never comes home at night. She's always off with her girlfriends. I hope, you know, and she's always, she just don't pay me no attention. I'm going to get a little jealous. I'm not going to get ugly. I'm not going to shoot anybody, but I'm just going to say, why don't you come home and see me? You know what that's called? That's called yearning jealously. Do you not know that the spirit that lives inside of you wishes you would spend some time with him and that he could spend some time with you? He said, man, I, I never thought God thought that much of me. He just nailed his son on a cross to get a chance to talk to you. We have got to reach the point in our lives where we can say, as John said, we have come to know the love that God has for us. If my kids come to eat with me, I'll pay for everything. I just want them to come eat with me. God created me to fellowship with him. And the spirit that lives in you yearns for you to spend time with him and pay attention to him. Are you with me? This is a simple truth. Now, let me tell you something about you that you may not know. And this, I'm going to show, I'll just quote it to you in scripture. You want to spend time with him too. You may not know. Say, Brother Brown, I've been to church. It sucks. I agree with you. I mean, you said it bored me to tears. Not as bad as it bored me. It takes a lot of excitement to keep me going. I'm an adrenaline, I'm an adrenaline junkie. But let me tell you what the Bible said. Psalm 42, one, as the deer pants for the water brook, so longs my soul for God. Not church, not religion. I want to touch God. I want to be close to God. You think King David was a 
mild-mannered Mr. Rogers with a beard. He was a warrior. He was a wild man. Listen to what he said, Psalm 27, 1. One thing I've desired, that's all I'll seek for the rest of my life, to dwell in the house of God and see the beauty of God and hear his voice. That man knew how to fellowship with God, and he said, I don't want nothing else for the rest of my life. Because the heart desires to fellowship with God. Uh, desperately wants to. We look, everybody's looking for something. All right, now let me, I got to wrap up. Listen to me. Now I'm going to stay on this for a few weeks. I'm going to help you learn how to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Then I have to choose. The Holy Spirit will not force his fellowship on me. He won't force me to be his friend. I have to choose to be his friend. Do you understand that? Satan will force himself on you. That's John chapter 10. The thief will climb over the wall to get into your business. You've never had to ask Satan to destroy anything. You have to choose to fellowship with God. You have to choose to spend to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's Revelation 3.20. Listen to it again. I stand at the door and knock. I'm not going to knock the door down until you open it. I can't come in. You have to choose. And he's not talking about a literal door. He's talking about a choice to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And, and then listen to me. Once you've chosen, I want to fellowship with him. Then just like Samuel, you have to learn how to do it. I don't know many preachers that have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. They're missing the greatest thing of their lives. They're good men. They care for people, but they don't know how to fellowship. I didn't make that up. Mr. Barna, in a poll last year, the average preacher spends less than five minutes a day in prayer. Take your wife on a date and tell her, let's go out to eat. You got five minutes, sweetie. Please listen to me. You cannot build a relationship in five minutes. I saw somebody, I want to see if you know how to, you don't know how to spell. You ain't saved. You don't know how to spell. Do you all know how to spell? I right, spell this for me. This is a trick question. Don't start. I want you to spell great marriage for me. Let, let me spell great marriage for you. You ready? T-I-M-E. Great marriage is spelled T-I-M-E. You know why marriages die? You don't have to do one thing to kill a marriage. Just quit doing what you did to get into it. A marriage is like a plant. You just quit watering it, it'll die. Then it takes time to have a marriage. You got to spend time together. You got to talk to each other. You got time. Great marriages are not building anything except time together. Then you can't fellowship with the Holy Spirit unless you give him time. This is not hard. All right, I got to choose two. But now listen to me. Then I got to learn how. I'm going to give you an illustration. And this illustration has three things you need to see in it. All right, I'm sitting in the cafeteria. You've heard this story before because I'm getting old and I'm running out of stories. I'm sitting in the cafeteria at my college one Saturday morning before I went to work. Just a few of us. Matter of fact, it was me and one of my buddies that lived with me at college there. He's, he's here tonight. He, he's an usher here. Matter of fact, he carries the money around here. And uh, we're sitting there eating because I'd go to work. Nobody's in the cafeteria on Saturday morning at the Baptist College because they all got drunk last night and they're all sleeping it off. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting there ready to go to work and this girl walked in and she got her tray and sat down by herself a few tables away. I fell in love first time I saw her. All right, I'm in love with her. Now listen, I want to fellowship with her. I really do. To be honest with you, I wanted to hug her. I'm 22, Doc. I'm 21 at the time. I'm 64, I still want to hug her. All right? And I wanted to have fellowship with her. All right, listen to me, listen to me carefully. I couldn't sit on my butt and hope. I'd say to my friend, see you later. I got it whenever I sat down beside her. And I introduced myself, so what's your name? And talked to her for a little bit. And... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing, I, as uh, Ernest T. Bass said on Andy Griffith, I want to woo her with my ways. <laughs> yeah, I bet so. I don't think she wanted to be wooed the first time there. All right, but you understand what I'm saying? I had to pursue her. 
I had to chase that woman. I wrote a book years ago, one of the greatest books ever. It's called The God Chasers. People who chase after God. Is that, have you ever heard of that before? Not the book, the concept. What do you think it means in Hebrews eleven six? that great verse? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe there is a God and he will do great things for the person who seeks him diligently, chases him. You have to pursue a relationship. All right, so I told her, I said, well, I sat there, she finished her breakfast. She said, well, I got to go to the library. I said, I'll drive you. She said, it's right there. It was the two buildings over from the cafeteria. I said, well, come on, ride with me. I had a new hot rod, I wanted to show off. Bought a new Trans Am back smoking the bandit days. I said, come on out here, ride with me. So we got my car. All right, now there's two things I got to do. There's two things I got. I want a relationship with this woman. I want a fellowship with her. There's two things I got I to do. I got to learn what she don't like. Y'all with me? And I got to learn what she does like. If you're going to have a relationship with somebody, you got to learn what they don't like especially if you're like a serial killer. And listen to me, then you got to learn what they do like because you got to have something to fail. Are you with me? All right, so we get in the car and I'm, I'm you know, you're, you're working at this thing. I'm working at it. She wasn't working at it. I was working at it. And first thing we do, get in the car and uh, I smoked back in. There's a pack of Marlboro Light cigarette laying on the console. And she looked and she said, whose are those? I could tell by the way she said it. L- listen, to this day, she is a one woman crusader against everything that smokes. Mighty. And uh, I, all right, now here's what I know already. Here's what I know. You got to make a choice, son. You can have him cigarettes, you can have that woman. But I could tell by the smell in her voice, you ain't going to have both. Right, now I'm at a crossroads in my life. So which one do you want more, son? Do you want the cigarettes or do you want the woman? And I made a quick decision hugs beat sucking cigarettes. I've been hugging that same woman 42 years. I'm telling you, hugs beat sucking cigarettes. I'd had to make a decision right there. And I knew if this relationship's going further, them cigarettes got to go. I reached down and picked them. I said, some fool had them in here last night. I threw them in the back seat. <laughs> All right. You know why? If you want a relationship, you got to learn what they don't like and what they do like. And so we drive over to the library. It was about 400 yards. <laughs> and uh, she said, thanks. I said, hey, hey, uh, I said, Let's do something. What are you going to, what are you going to do this afternoon? What do you like to do? She said, I'm going running this afternoon. I see. You got to find out what they like. I said, you run. Now at that, I'm 21. I ain't running unless the building's on fire. Somebody points a gun at me. I thought running is the stupidest thing in the world. Why would you run unless somebody's chasing you? But guess what happened to me in that moment? I love to run. I said, when you get off work, let's go running this afternoon. She said, okay. Listen, to have a relationship with somebody, you got to pursue it. You got to find out what they don't like and you got to quit it. Move your head. She, to this day, she don't believe in a man dating two women. This ain't deep. And she wanted to go run. We're going to run. Okay, so we got over there, put on them stupid shorts and them borrowed tennis shoes. <laughs> I was in pretty good shape as I played ball. So we were here. Let me tell you what we did. We met her in front, met in front of Strap Dorm, her dormitory there. And we went running way down the road. God is my witness. Turned around, came right back where we started from. <laughs> What's the purpose of that? <laughs> I've been doing the same thing for 42 years with that woman, trying to figure out what she don't like and what she does like. And I've learned a lot about her now. And let me tell you something. I enjoy that woman. We enjoy each other. We have good marriage. We're blessed. But listen to me. If you're in a relationship, you've got to pursue it. 
You got to find out what they don't like, stay away from it. And you got to find out what they do like. And you got to do that. Am I over y'all's head here? If I want to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I have to pursue it. I really want to fellowship with this guy because there's nothing like it. All right. I got to find out. Uh, I got to find out what he don't like. There's some things the Holy Spirit, now he's funny about stuff. There's some things he don't like. And he wrote a book in case you want to know. Or you can just listen to him right here. He'll tell you right here. You ever done something and something went <clears throat> right here? He was telling you, I don't like that. You ever talked ugly to your wife and something bothered you right here? That was him saying, we don't do that in this house. Oh, great. Y'all don't want to play, play anymore, do you? <laughs> Let me quote Ephesians 4. It said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, ugly speaking, and hatred be put away from you. So that tells me the Holy Spirit don't like bitterness, wrath, anger, hatred, ugly speaking. I got to get rid of that stuff for me and him going to have a relationship. There's some other things he don't like. And uh, let me tell you what, let me tell you that, does anybody in this room know the thing he hates more than anything on this planet? It's not child molesting. Not selling drugs. What's the thing he hates more than anything else? He wrote a list. These six things the Spirit hates. Yea, seven are an abomination. What's the first thing he said? Cockiness. See, I think it'd be child molesting. He said, these six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. Cockiness. Thinking I'm somebody. That's not what I'd pick. You ain't him. I ain't looking for a relationship with you. I don't even think he minds cigarettes as much as he does cockiness. And my wife, it's a different deal. She don't like neither one. Either. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You got to find out what he don't like. You got to stay away from it. All right, now you got to ask it. Listen to him now. Now you got to find out. You got to say to him, well, well, what do you like to do? This is so simple. What do you like to do? He'll tell you. My favorite thing is music. He loves music. He loves for you and him to sing together. Some people call it worship. The biggest book in the Bible is the book of let's sing together. It's called Psalms. Psalms is the Hebrew word for songs. He loves, he lives in the music. He's one of the music freaks. He's going to the concert. You want to go with him? If you're going to go with me, we're going to concert. Now he don't do, I almost started to say he don't do classical music because it's snotty and he don't like snottiness. I'm sorry. I'll probably pay for that. He just, he just, Listen, you know what he said? You want to come see me? Do you want to come visit with me? Enter my gates with thanksgiving. Come into my courts of praise. Come see me. We got a guy right here. He's teaching a class uh, Wednesday nights right before the service, how to worship God out of the Psalms, how to sing privately. Did you, you say, I'm not into the music stuff. Well, forget it. If I'd have said to my wife, what idiot would run? That would have gone over real good, wouldn't it? Are y'all understand what I'm saying here? Let me tell you what else he likes. He loves to talk to people. It's called prayer. Listen to me. Listen to me. Our Father, we would ask that thou wouldst. I just want to say, do you talk like you're, you're talking to bed like that to your wife? He loves conversational prayer. I love to sit down with my wife at the table and eat dinner and just talk back and forth. I love to sit down with friends and we just talk and see where it goes. That's called fellowship. He wants to do the same thing. He loves conversational prayer. Let me tell you what else he really likes to do. He said, dear Holy Spirit, we got all afternoon. Let's mean you do something good. What you going to do? You know what he's going to say? I can tell you what he's going to say. You know what he's going to say? Let's go help somebody. Let's go find somebody needs encouraging. Let's go find somebody struggling. Let's do something for them. He loves to go help. Then if you want a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you got to learn what he likes. 
He says, let's go serve somebody. That's what he really says. Sort of sound like Jesus, doesn't it? You got, you got to find out what he likes and uh, you got to do it. All right. Let me, ooh, God, I got to quit. Sean's going to kill me. My goodness. Why this Holy Spirit stuff? Why the Holy Spirit stuff? There's very few Christians fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't understand it. Christian, biblical Christianity is learning how to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. Learning how to walk with him through life. Now, you say, I don't, want, I don't like that Holy Ghost stuff. That's fine. That you don't have to have anything to do with it. You don't have to fellowship with him. You don't have to talk to your wife either. <laughs> you don't have to have fellowship with him. If you don't fellowship with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you the two things you're going to get from God. You can go to heaven because heaven's a free deal. Whoever, believe, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can never pay the Holy Spirit any attention. You can still get in heaven. And he said in Matthew 5, he'll feed you. So you can get into heaven and you can have food on the way, but that's all you're going to have. If you don't learn how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you'll never experience his joy, his peace, his wisdom, his love, his boldness, his vision. And uh, let me throw this in. You'll never really know whether you're saved or not without the Holy Spirit. Who's the only person can tell me I'm saved? I've seen people say, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Now, honey, you know you are. You better not do that. That's not your job to tell people they're saved. You like to send them to hell telling them they're saved. Who's the only person can assure me I'm saved? Does anybody know? You can look this up, Romans 8, 16. God has given us his spirit who speaks in our hearts to assure us that we are saved. You know how I know that I'm saved? I'm gonna spend eternity with Jesus. Spirit of God right here assures me of it. When people doubt their salvation, they can't hear the Holy Spirit or they're just not saved. You, you need his goodness. You need his goodness and his wisdom in your life. All righty. <clears throat> a Christian that doesn't fellowship with the Holy Spirit, let me paint you a picture here. Uh, we got folks that are uh, married, but they're not in fellowship. Do you understand that? You boys ever been there before? Anybody ever been there before? You sort of sense something ain't right in the air. Are you with me? So you think about it, like Ernest T, you're thinking about it. And all of a sudden you think, uh, you go over and you say, you just saw me right. She ain't throwed nothing at you. She ain't cussed you. She ain't hit you. It's like a fellow to me said, said, my wife told me she missed me. He said, normally that's good, but I can hear that she's reloading. <laughs> so that ain't good right there. <laughs> all right. Now listen to me. You boy, just saw me right. You know, you just saw me right. She's, she's cold. One word answers. And so let me tell you what boys always say. Boys are so dumb. Let me tell you what they say. Baby, something wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong, baby? What does every woman on the planet say when you say that? Nothing. Nothing. All right, let me help you guys. I, I'm, I'm good at this stuff. Let me help you. When you finally get enough sense to ask her, baby, something wrong? She says nothing. Let me help you. Something's wrong. If she says nothing, something's wrong. Nothing to a woman. That's woman ease for you. Dang right, something's wrong, you idiot. You should have known what it was. And you better get to fixing it fast. That's, that's woman ease for, that's what nothing means when a woman says it. <laughs> Been there, hadn't you? All right. You can be married and not have fellowship. You understand what I'm saying? Here's a lady. Her husband is on a nine month deployment to uh, Afghanistan, or, well, not there anymore, to Kuwait, the Middle East, something like that. She's married. She's a faithful wife. Is she having fellowship with her husband? No, he's not there. She gets letters. Listen, letters are good. Love letters are wonderful. I got every love letter my wife ever wrote me. Letters are wonderful. Letters are good. 
You know what's better than a letter? Hug beats letter any way you cut it. She loves that man. She's committed to him. She's got his letters. She wants him to come home and hug her. They want fellowship. Dear ones, I love Jesus. I'm his bride. I'm a son of the living God. I got love letters from him, but I want something more than love letters. I want him to come eat with me. I want, I want his presence. I want God to draw close to me. Why do you think they put things in the Bible like this? Draw close to God. He'll draw close to you. I want to experience God. I want to fellowship with him and know his goodness. Well, <clears throat> I'm telling you, hugs beat letters. Hugs beat cigarettes. Can I get a witness? <laughs> not only that, I've been living a long time. And, and not only living have I lived because I gave up cigarettes. And if you smoke, God bless you smoking. I don't get so brief on me. And uh, I live real good. I'm healthy because I hadn't smoked cigarettes. And not only that, I, I ain't no telling how many hugs I've got out of giving up that one pack of cigarettes. Can I get a witness? That's good life right there. <laughs> hugs beat cigarettes any day, any way you cut it. All right. And uh, that's, we're going to be talking for the next few weeks about fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, I went years, didn't know you could even do it. The background I was in, which is Baptist, they didn't teach this. I was a preacher, didn't know how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I was committed, did the best I could. But I'll tell you, one day I met somebody in the woods and I said, I didn't know you'd do this with me. And I said, this is so much fun. I'm going to learn how to do this right now. We're going to learn this. All right, Lord, I got to hurry. Lord Jesus, I praise you and thank you so much. Thank you. Your word is very clear. It's that you're real. You're, you're not a far off guy. You're not the God who's way up yonder looking down. You're not the God who wrote us a book and said, that's all you're getting. Your love letters, dear Jesus, I, I love my wife's love letters. I got everyone she ever wrote me, but I'd rather talk to her. But you know what, Jesus, I was thinking today would really be cool. You know what I'd really love to do? I'd really love to just sit down on the couch with her and sit real close to her and then let her read them letters to me. Now that would be fun, Lord Jesus having her right there and fellowship with her and let her read them letters. That'd be fun. Lord Jesus, I love the Bible. I live by that book. But what I really like is when I open it and you come draw close to me and you read it to me yourself. That's really fun right there. I pray for every person in this room that's born again, is a believer. If they're not born again, I pray they get born again and decide to open their hearts to Jesus. Let him come inside and just be the dearest thing in all the world to them. But I pray for every believer that they'll listen to the word of God they've heard tonight, which is from you. And they'll say, I, I want to do that. I want to get to know this man called Holy Spirit, which is just Jesus. And I, I, want to know, I want to know the joy and the peace and the encouragement that comes from hearing his voice. I thank you and pray. Your, your voice is so powerful when we hear it with our hearts. I've never heard you with my ear, but I've heard you with my heart 10,000 times. And I trust you to help give us a desire. I pray, here's my prayer, Lord Jesus. I pray a desire in people's hearts to get to know your spirit and the fellowship with you. I love fellowship with you. I give you all the praise and glory for your goodness. Precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.